Shall we pray, Lord? We thank you so much for another opportunity to proclaim your word. Speak to us now, God, for we listen to hear a word from you. In Jesus' name, amen. A scripture text for today is Exodus 5, verses 1 and 2. After Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. I want to preach from this subject today, Lesson from the Pandemic, Part 2. Lesson from the Pandemic, Part 2. In the first part of this sermon, we shared four lessons from the pandemic. And as a matter of review, I want to share with you briefly those four lessons once again. Lesson one from the pandemic, the church is not the building. The church is not the building. The church has a vital place. The church, the brick and the mortar, holds the body of Christ, uh, baptized believers in Jesus Christ. But the church itself, the sanctuary, is not the church. The building itself, the sanctuary, is not the church. Lesson two, worshiping God is not confined to a building. And as we discussed last week, that a week before last, that, that it was never God's intent that his people be confined to a building. In fact, the first worship experience after the resurrection of Jesus Christ took place outside in the open air with three people present, Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and the other Mary. Lesson three from the pandemic, we can be social distancing and yet remain spiritually connected. We can be social distancing and remain spiritually Connected. Remember, those who worship the Father must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we can connect by way of Internet, uh, by way of phone conferences or other technological means while not having physical contact with each other. We can still be in contact spiritually. Lesson four, we need to adjust to God's plan rather than trying to force God and manipulate God to adjust into our plan. That is, we need to be on God's agenda. We need to look around and see what God is doing and not try to force God to, uh, to, to honor uh, our usual, our usual. And so for today, I want to, us to consider five more lessons from the pandemic. And as we talked a couple of weeks ago, uh, whenever God's people went through tough times, challenging times, there were always lessons to be learned. Some of God's people uh, learned their lessons and governed themselves accordingly. Others of God's people were just slow learners. It took them a longer time to get it. And some of God's people didn't get it at all. And so now we want to begin with lesson five from the pandemic. Ignoring or denying truth won't change it. Ignoring or denying the truth will not change the truth. For example, ignoring the gospel of Jesus Christ, ignoring the gospel, the truth that Jesus suffered and bled and died on the cross to save sinners from our sins. Uh, that's, that's the truth. That's biblical truth. Denying or trying to ignore that he was buried in a barred tomb and that he rose on the third day Sunday morning with all power in his hand, trying to ignore that or trying to, or uh, denying that does not make it any less 
true. And so again, ignoring or denying truth won't, won't change the truth. The truth is, God is up to something during this season of pandemic. We are experiencing a disruption of life like never before. The number of COVID cases and COVID-related deaths are constantly climbing. And, and to be sure, we are hearing reports after report that those in the healthcare field are grossly overworked and many of them are becoming frustrated and even discouraged as hospitals are overrun with patients. Another interesting point about this season is that responsible educators, those who love children, those who are concerned for the safety of, of their family, of their students and, and the staff, as well as themselves, um, even as controversy continues over man, mass mandates, they are having a challenging time. Yet there are those who ignore or, den or, or, or deny the crisis of the pandemic, believing somehow that by ignoring or denying the facts will somehow change the truth. Well, in, in Exodus chapter 5, Moses, the man of God, along with his brother Aaron went to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, with a message from God. The message according to verse 1 of the text is this. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh's response to Moses and Aaron in verse 2 was this. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? to let Israel go. I don't know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. In a blatant stance against God and in display of his arrogance and his pride and his power, Pharaoh offered uh, that, uh, Pharaoh ordered that God's people, not only would he not let them go, but that they be given more work and less resources to accomplish their work. So God was like, Okay, mister, if you want to play hardball, let's do it. God sent 10 plagues upon Pharaoh and Egypt. You can read about each plague in Exodus uh, chapter 7 through verses uh, 12. In the face of hard evidence, get this, don't miss this. In the face of the hard, cold evidence, in the face of the facts, Pharaoh sought to ignore and deny the truth of his dilemma. Yet God's truth did not, did not diminish. God's truth did not subside. God's truth did not disappear. Every day when Pharaoh woke up in his palace, the truth of God faced him, stared him directly in his face. And so rather, God's truth culminated in Exodus 14, Verses 26 to, through 29. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. Verse 27, Moses stretched out his hand and the sea returned to its full depth as the Egyptians went in the midst of the sea. Verse 28, the waters returned covering Pharaoh and his army. Not one of them survived. Thus we see Denying truth, shunning reality, does not change truth. When God is up to something, we ought to be paying 
attention. When God is up to something, we ought to be looking and listening and learning the lessons that God wants us to learn. Lesson six, be careful about who you follow. That's what we're learning in this pandemic. That's what the text teaches. Be careful about who you follow. Make sure the person or the people you are following are following God. In today's scripture reading, there were two leaders. There was Moses and there was Pharaoh. Moses was not a flamboyant, charismatic, flashy kind of leader. In fact, one of the things that discouraged him from accepting his leadership position at first was his speech impediment. God helped him overcome that issue by making his brother Aaron his assistant. Now, Moses, we all know from reading our Bibles and, and from Sunday school or bygone years and, and from sermons, we all know that Moses was a mighty man of God. He was called by God to lead there through a burning bush. He was a mighty man of God. He, he was anointed by God. He was appointed by God. He was a man who followed God closely. As a leader, Moses listened to God and he followed God. The other leader in the text was Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He wore a worldly crown. He had power. He had prominence. He had prestige. He was financially wealthy and viewed himself as a god. In his deranged mind, he not only ruled Egypt, but in his mind, he ruled the entire world. Pharaoh dared anybody to defy his authority or challenge his way or thinking or change his mold or threaten to change his mode of operation. People followed him out of fear of what he could do if they didn't follow him. People followed him uh, for fame and gain. Just being connected to, to Pharaoh meant that they would have a certain amount of fame and a certain amount of gain. Yet others followed him for fortune or financial benefits, for, for the financial benefits that he afforded to them. Yet everyone made a choice in this biblical text as to which leader they would follow. Now watch the text carefully. Verse 30 says, So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Here's the takeaway. As we move through this pandemic, there are numerous leaders on the scene. There are leaders who are leading people directly into harm's way. There are leaders who are encouraging people to make foolish choices and foolish decisions. There are leaders who have one thing in mind, which is pushing their own political agenda, be it a religious agenda, uh, be it a, a, a political agenda, but they're pushing their own personal agendas. There are legal, leaders who are stroking their own egos and filling their own pockets at the expense of hurting people in harm's way. There, and on the other hand, there are leaders who are called by God, like Moses, and anointed by God, and who listen to the voice of God and listen to God's directions. And by the way, all of those leaders who are called by God are not 
leaders who hold official titles in the church. There are leaders who are called by God in the corporate world. There are leaders who are called and anointed by God to work in the private industry. There are leaders called and anointed by God to, to work in the military. There are leaders who are anointed and called by God to work in grocery stores and barber shops and, and, and to work in, in the auto industry. Every walk of life have leaders who have been called, anointed, and appointed by God for his purposes. There are leaders who are called and anointed by God who have the best interests of the people at heart. Leaders who are not interested in building a name for themselves, but rather leaders who are interested in lifting the name of Jesus. There are leaders in the classroom. There are teachers who are interested in lifting the name of Jesus. There are leaders working in grocery stores, supermarkets, who are interested in lifting the name of Jesus. There are leaders, I tell you, who are interested in bringing glory and honor to God by honoring him with their lips as well as their lives. There are leaders who are not interested in fighting the sheep, fleecing the sheep, or fooling the sheep. And as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you must make a decision as to who you will follow, whom you will follow. One road leads to life and, and life more abundantly, while the other road might look glitzy and glamorous. For a while with ends in danger, desolation, and even disaster. There are leaders that will lead in every direction. And during these days of pandemic, I submit to you that God is encouraging his people to choose whom you will follow. Choose leaders who follow God. Choose leaders who honor Christ. Lesson seven from the pandemic is recognize the great work of God. Notice verse 31. Thus Israel saw the great work the Lord had done in Egypt. You see, the children of Israel had lived under the oppressive rule and reign of Pharaoh. But when, but when it came out, they recognized that it was God who brought them out. When they came out, when they came out from the oppressive hand, out from under the, the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, they, they understood that it was God who brought them out. They recognized that, that it was God uh, who, had, who had taken care of them. They understood that if it had not been for the Lord on their side, they would still be slaves in Egypt. They, under, they understood that it had not been for the mighty hand of God reaching way down and picking them up, that they were still been serving as slaves in Egypt. So it is today. The pandemic is urging us to learn to, to slow down, to, to settle down, and to reflect upon how good God has been and to reflect upon where God has brought us from. With everything going on around us, the, the bickering and the bitterness, the fear and the frustration, the anger and the anxiety, the lostness and the loneliness, the uncertainty and the insanity, insanity, we as people of God are learning to see the great works which the Lord has done. For example, 
Nobody but God could shake this nation and the world the way it's shaking. Nobody but God could wake this nation, wake our society, wake the world the way people are, are waking up. No, no one but God could have disrupted the normal, derailed the usual, and toppled power brokers from their kingdom. Nobody but God could have done that. While the world is in shock and while the world is confused, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ should be calm and content. That's where God wants us. He doesn't want us in a frenzy. He wants us to learn, even in the midst of trials and troubles, to be calm and to be content. All the while recognizing the work that God has done in us. Even during this pandemic, God is doing a work in us. God is doing a work in his people. For example, God is building up our faith. God is strengthening our resolve to trust him more. God has brought us closer together than, than ever before as we go through these turbulent times. And God is giving us his peace. He wants us to learn that. And God is giving us his provisions. He wants us to understand that. And God, during this pandemic, has given us his perspective. He wants us to grasp that. And God is giving us power to overcome obstacles, climb up mountains, tread through the valleys. God has given us prosperity. Can I tell you, he's putting food on the table. He's putting a roof over our head. And he's blessing us. Even as we go through these days of uncertainty. Lesson eight. God wants his people to fear and believe in him. God, God wants us to learn as we go through this pandemic to fear him and to believe in him. To put our trust in him. Verse 13b states, so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. The Hebrew word in the text for fear has a twofold meaning. First, to fear means to have a deep and abiding reverence for God. That's what it meant. meant, meant that the, the people learned through that experience to, to have a deeper respect for God. More of a reverence for God. But fear also means to be dreadfully frightened by the absolute power and authority of God. To bring about punishment and judgment. Through that whole ordeal, the people feared God. They got in touch with his absolute power and his sovereign reign and his sovereign rule to inflict punishment and even judgment on people who were wicked and refused to obey him. One of the things we're learning through this pandemic is something that the older generation used to say all the time when I was growing up. They would say, oh, boy, don't play with God. Sometimes the older people would tell us, you know, they would hear us 
you're acting foolish and acting silly and taking the Lord's name in vain and whenever they heard it, they would say, they would say, to them, don't play with God. I submit to you today that one of the problems of our society, one of our problems of in the world is that far too many people have not yet learned to fear God. Now we got some people I told you in the beginning that are slow learn learners. The slow learners, but 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 they have not yet learned to fear God. And, and sad to say that some people in this life don't learn to fear God. But God has a way, I tell you, of helping people to see that he means business. And that's where we are right now. I mean, I know that's I know that's a paradigm shift. I know that's I, I, I know that messes some people thinking up, uh, but, but God has a way of helping people see that he means business. God has a way of showing Mr. and Miss Big Stuff that they're not running the kingdom. Back when I was growing up, there was a song that said, Mr. Big Stuff, who do you think you are? God has a way of showing Mr. and this big stuff that they are really not running the kingdom. God has a way of letting everybody know from the White House to the State House, from the Governor's Mansion to the lowest shanty, from billionaires to penniless streetwalkers. That he and he alone is king of kings and lord of lords and that ultimately he is in control of the world and everything in it. And I know some folks are, are, are learning slow, but as God turns it up, more and more people will get the point. They'll get the idea that God is in control, that he alone is king of kings and that he alone is lord of lords and that he alone rules and reigns and super rules that God has all power in his hands. Imagine all the people, all the, the people of God had witnessed during their season of pandemic. We don't know how long it took. We don't know how long all of the plagues took. I mean, God turned it up one right after another. But imagine the people of God Following Moses, his leadership as Moses followed God. Imagine all that they witnessed during the season of trouble and trial, during this season of pandemic. We don't know how long it took, but we know people witnessed the awesome power of God. They witnessed God sending plague after plague, a pandemic after pandemic. They witnessed the diabolical, defiant, devious, devilish attitude of Pharaoh. They also witnessed how Moses quarantined them in Exodus 12, 21, 23. You need to go back and read that, that how Moses quarantined the people and, and, and told them to put the blood of the Passover lamb on the sides of the doorposts posts of their houses so that when so that when the Lord passed over their house at midnight when he struck all the firstborn of Egypt he would pass over them they they witnessed how God opened the Red Sea and allowed his people to cross over on dry ground but they also witnessed how God how God brought Pharaoh the ruthless and the reckless and the relentless tyrant. 
They watched the Egyptians fleeing into the sea and the sea waters consuming Pharaoh and his army. They watched with wide eyes and open mouths as the body of dead Egyptians piled up on the seashore. No doubt about it, the whole experience struck reverential fear and dreadful fright in the hearts and the minds of God's people. Therefore, the people feared and believed God and his servant Moses. So as I close, my beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, I submit to you that God's desire for his people, God's desire for his church, God's desire for born-again believers in Jesus Christ, God's desire for the ecclesia, the called-out ones, is that we stand in awe in honor of his great power, that we believe who he said, who he says he is, and believe what he says he will do. And that we look to him for all of our help and our strength. And that we learn our lessons well as we move through this pandemic. And that we teach others as God grants us opportunities. If you're, not, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ, you may pray something like this, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Today I'm inviting Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, welcome to the family of God. We encourage you to connect with the church so that you will learn your lessons well. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord always be gracious unto you. And may he grant you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.